Hey everyone, welcome back to Engineering Etc. My name is Tony Casera. I'm a senior software engineer and joining me today is my friend and colleague, Gabriel Grover. Sup. And today we want to talk about something that I think is affecting all engineers and honestly all employees in tech companies and that is platform fatigue. If you've been working through the last four years, especially through the pandemic, you no doubt have way too many services now that you need to go look something up from it and it is exhausting. I think we're going to talk a little bit about our experience with it and how some companies that I've worked at actually managed to solve this issue. So without any further ado, Gabe, why don't you start us with this? This is your idea. I'm excited to hear your thoughts. Most places I've, I've been at, I cannot stand how many different places they have information in. It sucks. And the redundancy of that information. You'll have a Notion page that will copy a Google Doc that will have <laughs> more requirements in a linear ticket that will not all be in sync. And then you're just like, how do I know which is the source of truth? Mm -hmm. And then also, what was that link? It's not in my history anymore because I've been to so many other Notion pages. It kicked it out of my recent tabs. Yeah. And then, oh, I'll just have 100 tabs open. Do you know in Chrome now you can do a grep? So you can grab no. all your tabs for stuff <laughs> based on the the title or the I think content even. That's very helpful. I'll yeah. To, how do you like? Do you just do it in the console? What do you it's do? like Shift Command K oh, or something. Oh, it's actual hotkey. Okay. Yes, and you get a little thing that pops up like in your when you're in Vim or whatever uh -huh. or your IDE, and you can type something. So like, if I have a bunch of Notion pages open, I'm like, oh, I want to know the PRD specs for you know this feature. I can bring up and like it'll you know be like, oh, hey, this is probably the tab you're looking for. Yeah. But that is just like making the problem a little less painful like it's still like such a thing where like you still have to like oh i accidentally closed it or god forbid i you know lost all my tabs because the browser timed out or something yeah now i gotta go find the linear ticket click on the figma link click on the prd link there get to this and it's just like it's so much yeah the worst thing i think that has plagued the whole industry is the proliferation of ticketing services all of them suck Dude, they really do. <laughs> You're doomed to fail. Even if you go, I'm going to make the next ticketing system. It's going to be so simple. It's just going to be, have these two features in it. Unfortunately, you have your designs in Figma, but your design team does ticketing somewhere else. I've seen design teams do ticketing in Notion. That, um, my design team does it in Notion too. What is with that? <laughs> <laughs> it's we, we have linear and by the way linear is actually a good one like i've used jira for years and oh I've, god yeah. jira is like salesforce it's as PTSD. good yeah it's as good as your admin who you have setting it up i've had really good jira and i've had really bad jira yeah but like linear is actually really good out of the box you always run into problems you want to extend functionality or stuff like that but like it picks up my github prs fine like it's pretty easy to work with. It's a fast, snappy interface. It doesn't have that kind of lag that Jira has. Yeah, Jira. Yeah, it's a, it's a mess. I was using ClickUp for a while. Oh yeah, that one was really popular. It was pretty clean, but people, you're using GitHub. Use GitHub issues. GitHub issues and their <laughs> Kanban board is. I got to use it once at Bethesda. That was my favorite ticketing system. Yeah. You just link everything. The PR gets linked to the issue. Yeah. You can like, you can create different rows of it and you can just like bring stuff up and see where it's at. Yeah. It'll automatically close the issue for you. Exactly. Yeah. Like people, fellow engineers, <laughs> how many times have you been bothered by your product manager asking you to move statuses on your tickets? Like it's the most important goddamn thing on the planet <laughs> that you move the the ticket to 
the in progress or where and I get it that's that's their their jam but literally with github issues all that stuff is automated and it doesn't require you to configure webhooks with your ticketing system and doing all that fun stuff it just does it for you yeah it's nice now here's so here's why you're not going to get the buy in on github issues because product and design goes github oh i don't know anything about coding i don't want to uh, no it's this is confusing and it's like github issues is actually super user friendly in general if you just don't look at the code if you just hang out in issues you'll at least have a good idea of what's going on and where things are at and i think github could do a better job of making a product and design portal version of github where they don't have to look at code but I don't know if that's really on the roadmap for them or a high priority. I don't think it should be. I think at the end of the day, you're, you're managing work being done by engineers, you know? other pe- People can learn things, you know, like the design team. I'm sure they know how to use a web browser. Stop me if you've been in this scenario. <laughs> you have a ticket. You're working on a task. You're getting input from design on the ticket in comments. But then you're getting input from your fellow engineers on your PR, and you you have so many notifications from all these different platforms. But then your engineers also leave you a comment in Slack on the thread where you asked for a code review. And then they also leave comments on the ticket because yeah. they thought that it was worth adding something there as well. And exactly. now you have three places to check. <laughs> yeah. And I always have to leave a comment on PR and then I have to Slack them telling them, I left a comment on their PR. (laughs) Hey, it looks good to me, but I left a few comments. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, no one, no one checks GitHub notifications. Have you noticed this? Like you can request a review. No one is ever coming to your PR ever, (laughs) unless you message them directly. So have all that on an issue. It's just, it's so much better. You know what though? People, I have noticed that engineers are afraid of the GitHub notifications and I'm just like, Hey, this is a pain point and it's, you can set them up better, but like, I literally don't get any emails. I just check GitHub every, like every couple hours, there's a little blue, you know, dot next to the bell, you click on it and the notification feed is actually really good. Yeah. It'll be like, Hey, someone commented, someone pushed a new commit. You can open it and it'll like take you to the latest activity. The thing is like, people don't check that and they're like, Oh, well I can get notifications on Slack, but it's too much. And the Slack integration, it's difficult to set up. Yeah. Yeah. Like I had it set up at a previous job and I was like, great. Never have to do this again. Then I moved jobs and I was like, great, I'm never going to do that again because it's too much work. And yeah. God, we didn't even use GitHub at Twitter. What'd you use? So we used Git CLI to manage branches and commits, but we used a platform called Fabricator, which apparently Meta also uses. I've never even heard of that. So I had never heard of it either, but apparently it's like they allowed you to do things like running CI jobs and all these other integrations that GitHub didn't have a good platform for 10 years huh. ago. So they were the first movers and all these companies got so bought into it. They're like, well, we're never switching from Fabricator. But Fabricator has been deprecated for three years. No one is maintaining it anymore. Wow. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Hey, if you're using GitHub, be, be grateful for that at least, I guess, you know? Yeah. I did tell you about GitHub Desktop and their badge notifications are really nice. Oh, you know, I still haven't installed it. Yeah. Yeah. I've noticed like it's kind of deteriorated deteriorated isn't or? everything deter- like i feel like everything's deteriorating right now service quality and integrity like even you go on youtube the quality always gets downscaled always you know what's, do you know jonathan blow no so he's like a he's a famous game dev okay he's a lot of hot takes you know and he's 
I mean, he's kind of an asshole, but he's funny. Okay. He has a whole talk on software decline and deterioration. You should definitely check it out. Yeah, I'm going to check that out. Yeah, he made the game The Witness, which was a pretty popular one. And there's this other side-scroller game he made where you could, like, reverse time and stuff. That was pretty pretty cool. I played a little bit of it. But I, I mainly just like to listen to his takes on things. It's funny. I don't obviously buy everything he says, but right. he's entertaining enough. You know, yeah. Or if I disagree with it, it's Any interesting takes from that, though, from his software deterioration? He does a really great... He just... A lot of it is... Most of the stuff I remember are the funny parts where he gives examples of just... Re- software not working twitter was one of them well twitter's had like at least two outages <laughs> since the takeover yeah yeah but very simple like ui things it's not like a it's it's not like a systemic like data issue or data integrity issue it's just oh yeah you can no longer the click something because the chat button is over it so a user would have to know how to go into the console and delete that dom node to get access <laughs> oh, wow. to the thing yeah but that has happened at companies before that i've worked at yeah <laughs> Yeah, oh, so. we just outsourced the widget to a third-party vendor. Oh, it messed up our website? Who could have predicted that? <laughs> totally. And, and, you know, just showing screenshots of, like, funny error messages that he's gotten, it's it's pretty funny. But yeah, you should, like, if you want to dig into that topic, it's like he has a good talk on it. Yeah. yeah. Well, so back on the platform fatigue a little bit. So Twitter and apparently Square both tried to solve for this problem using a service called GoLinks. Have you ever? No. So GoLinks basically are a thing that you install on everybody's computer. And basically it takes over the browser so that when you type go into the browser bar and then slash, it takes over and says, hey, I have an internal registry of websites that are relevant to the company. Mm. So you're like, hey, I want to know about this last project. I can do go slash and then project name. And I can even have variations of the project name. I just, I create an alias using like just go will be like, hey, you want to create a new go link? And so then I can like, just type go. And if it's not found, it'll be like, hey, here's a search for that term that you were trying to find. Maybe it's one of these. Mm. Or, you know, if you get it the right time the first time, it just replaces it in the browser with the correct URL. And then you can use that throughout the company to be like, hey, if you need help, uh, you know, go IT help is the place to go to. And like they maintain it. So, you know, that it's always going to be the latest and greatest. And it's totally. it's good when you already have too much documentation. The problem is it doesn't solve the problem of still having redundant information and stuff that's out of sync across places. That requires thinking and humans and maybe chat GPT to come in and consolidate. <laughs> I think that'd be a really great use case for it. Like imagine using your entire company's Slack chat history as a training data set for your company's like documentation large language model. Oh, oh, okay. Hang on. So before we go any further, we talked about installing chat GPT in our Slack at work. It's not going to happen because apparently the wording in the contract for terms of use is way too wide. And it's basically, they can use all of our Slack data to train their models that other people can then benefit from using. Totally. So you would need to use your own model. Yeah. You need to like not use chat GPT. Then what's the point? <laughs> well, the point is, is like, do you want, this is on the, now this is, we'll bring us back to the platform and fatigue side. Imagine you just have a question and you can just ask a bot. Yeah. Cause I have, as joining this company new, I have so many domain knowledge questions 
first of all, I don't know who is the right person to ask. I don't yeah. know what is the right channel to ask in. Even if I ask my manager, there's chances that he's going to be like, I think this person, you know, and then like you play this game of tag trying to find the information. It'd be so great if I just had a prompt that was like, hey, can you tell me what's the difference between this and that rule? Oh, this and that rule is, you know, whatever. And then be like, hey, do you know who's probably the person who's the most expert at this? And they can see like who's written the most about it. Yeah, it's probably this guy. Yeah. And okay, I'll go talk to this guy and be like, hey, the the prompt told me that it's probably this. Is that right? And then, you know, it saves me so much more time than having to like bum around looking for the right person. Totally. And if those interactions have happened in your organization and all of it's been done through Slack, literally just export all those conversations. I think if you have premium, you you have access to all those logs. Yeah. I think it'd be a great experiment. And it doesn't even have to be engineering questions. You can be like, who do I talk to to change my... 401k benefits. Yeah. yeah. Who who do I talk to to get access to your Expensify account to do a work trip or something, you know? Yeah. Stuff like that. Because then you wouldn't need any platform. You guys have your own knowledge. You are the platform for your organization i think yeah. that's would be so cool i'm wondering back to the platform fatigue like how do you deal with it i don't how do you deal with it it's hard <laughs> like I actually take notes on my computer i open the notes app and i actually sometimes if it's really like i think it's going to be important or if i've gone back to look it up more than once or twice uh, i'll just put it in my notes until i commit it to memory i I don't do anything. <laughs> just I just suffer through it. I make if I kind of feel like if information is lost, people will eventually people will just resort to real time communication. Yeah. Slack. Same. I try to keep as much of it in Slack as possible and like in threads and try to keep it, you know, visible. Pin it if it's something that seems important. Yeah. Because then you just a month goes by and you're like, God, where was that thread we were talking about this? And you lose it. Definitely, yeah. I their their search features works pretty well. I'm able to find stuff that I haven't pinned. I have to remember the context of the conversation, though. Right. Yeah. And that will kind of degrade over time, so that's kind of hard. But yeah, if someone's not putting something in Slack, I just wait and don't look at where they're putting it, <laughs> and they'll eventually just be forced. <laughs> and I just that's how I operate. And maybe that's why people don't like me at work. I, uh, <laughs> I doubt it. Everyone's dealing with the same problem. But I think that's a really good point to end on. If you can just all agree that there's one place that, you know, should be the starting point for everyone. I think for most companies that is Slack. Like, I think that helps a lot to just be like, hey, make sure to surface this in Slack so that people have a chance to at least see it in a passing glance at a notification Versus, you know, they're going to get inundated with emails, you know, from, oh, someone updated this issue in Jira. They added a space. Well, I'm going to ignore every other one after this now because I don't care. Totally. I hope you all really enjoyed this episode. We've got more episodes to come. If you have ideas for future episodes, there's an email in the show notes. Let us know what you'd like to hear about. But don't put them in Notion, Doc, because I'm not going to read them. <laughs>